Hi, I'm Dubber. I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. And I want to talk about place for a bit. One of the things we found running MTF events around the world is that despite globalization, connectivity, and shared mass culture in the digital age, the uniqueness of place is still incredibly important. Perhaps more so than ever, innovation is not simply in response to technology, but it's informed by tradition, by environment, and by culture. You've got handcrafts and cottage industries, musical and other creative outputs that speak the language of their location as much as they speak the language of internationally shared stylistic vocabularies and idioms. And so I really wanted to deep dive into this with someone whose job it is to identify, nurture, and champion digital and creative innovation from within a very specific geographic, cultural, and economic context. In this case, that of the Highlands and Islands region of Scotland. Jenny Oliver is the Creative Industries Development Manager for that region, and I met her at Expo North, a creative industries conference, showcase and festival that celebrates local creative business and connects it to the world. And I was really curious as to what it meant to professionally create something that's potentially both as universal and as culturally specific as music, film, narrative, crafts, textiles, games, internet startups, distilleries, innovation and R&D businesses. Jenny is someone who has a vision for the creative and cultural sector as the front line in all of industry innovation. And I have to confess to both a connection and an affinity to Scotland. My father was born there and I also spent some years as a whiskey writer, so I spent a lot of time travelling around and visiting some incredibly scenic places, sharing a drink or two with some brilliantly creative and innovative people who are working with the latest scientific equipment and technologies while being completely steeped in tradition. And as Jenny says, if you're from there, whether you like the drink or not, whiskey's in the DNA. Not the alcohol, but the stories. So I spoke to Jenny Oliver about how other sorts of businesses, big industries, manufacturing, agriculture, automotive, telecommunication, how they can work with the creative industries, can benefit from their agility and innovation, and what it means to do that locally, in an age of incredible connectivity. This is Jenny Oliver. Development Manager for Creative Industries for Highlands and Island Region. What does that job entail? Um, Goodness, no two days are the same in that job, actually. Um, I work with musicians. I will work with jewellers and other craft makers. I will work with filmmakers, TV makers, writers, publishers. So, And all of the questions vary pretty much all of the time. Tell me about the region. Okay. The region runs from the very southwest of Scotland right the way through to the far, far north, so right up covering Orkney and Shetland. Okay. And and what characterises it as a region? What makes it different other than its geography? Um, I think what really characterises this region is the varied stories that sit within it and that really strong sense of place that seems to be coming through at the moment. Is there's a confidence in people's... Um, own personal region and their personal stories that sit within that. How does that sort of come out? Well, I think because I have the privilege of travelling through the different regions and sort of seeing them on a fairly regular basis, it's not I'm there for a, you know, a period of time, I'm there for a few days and then I'm in another part for a few days. Uh-huh. And what I've noticed, because I've also been doing you know, this type of work for about 20 years, I've seen this flow and this change in the region 
where you know the voices and the stories that are coming from Shetland are very much their own. They're unique. They're identifiable as their own. Um, I'm a huge fangirl of the types of thing that Shetland Wool Week have done and how that you know they have developed that into this global story that they tell and this global vision that they have. Then there's Orkney. Orkney is just going through this massive renaissance with food and drink, tourism, with their creativity as well. But everything seems to be almost flowing together. So that whole community has this unique identity that sits within Orkney. You then come down and through Caithness, and you can't talk about Caithness and Sutherland without talking about the North Coast 500. Um, you know, Sean's film that he has brought out this week has been fascinating. It's just a joy to watch that, how he has captured that landscape so beautifully. Um, then we move over, if we travel over to the West Coast, um, and then over to the Western Isles, you can't talk about Lewis and Harris you, you, without talking about Harris Tweed and, and those hundreds of years of heritage and culture and social infrastructure that's all tied into that. Um, you know, th- there is this confidence, though, that's coming through where you have beautiful, beautiful artisan pr- you know, products. Uh, bottles of gin are now bottles of artwork. Um, they are amazing. There is whiskey that's coming through in that region. Brand new distilleries establishing in the Western Isles, um, and that you so you just there's a flow through this country um, at the moment, and by that I mean the countryside rather than the whole nation. But the, you almost feel that there is um, a sense of confidence, a sense of well-being that's coming through, and what people are actually trying to set out and achieve. It, it, because it doesn't feel like this. I mean, there are obviously cities, but it doesn't feel like an urban. Region, it feels very much about countryside, about tradition, about um, people making things themselves, and and that kind of creativity. Would that be a fair characterization? It's it's not sort of uh, about big cities. It's more about um, you know, I guess cottage industry. Would that be fair? I think the cottage industry is almost a little bit of a veil that sits over what's you know going on actually behind that. There's um, you know people that at the absolute top of their game, at the top of their field internationally, and they're operating out of this region. So if you were to sort of stand and look around you, you wouldn't realise that there are major multinationals operating in the space. Um, and I think you know, this, the fact that we have this digital infrastructure that's been put in place over the last few years as well has really made that you know, possible. People are thinking, and it comes back to what I was saying about people thinking differently and this confidence that's coming through in the region, people are realising they can do anything they want from this region of Scotland, Um, they can operate as they want, your office does not need to be in an urbanised centre, you can go there for meetings, but then you can come home at night. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The the digital infrastructure thing is interesting because it feels like the creative sector sits on the cusp between innovation and particularly digital innovation and very, very old tradition. And and I wonder if, if those things work well together or if there's a tension between those things. How is that playing out locally? I think that there have been tensions in the past where people have tried to segregate. Um, so where you have seen technology and advancement being said, you know, that, that those businesses have to be a certain style or certain type. Um, it, it's almost like stereotyping individuals. Um, and that whereas... The, and I'm biased in this, the creative industries has always been innovating. And, you know, it's always been evolving. It's always been adapting on a, almost a daily basis to meet the needs of its particular customer base or to fit within a fluid infrastructure. 
And what we're now seeing, I think, is innovation and R&D style businesses catching up with that way of working. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're now seeing that integration into that space. Um, I think that the creative industries is very adaptive. I am a real believer that, that the creative industries is the front end for success for any product or service that any other sector is going to deliver. You know, these are the people that are professional in how they use their words and how they frame up a vision. They are the professionals that do that. So anybody that's operating in you know, the service industries, anybody that's operating in the development of product, how do you actually get somebody to choose your product over any other? Mm. And that's all wrapped up in the creative industries and the story that you wrap around whatever it is that you're trying to take to a market. Where's a good place to start? I mean, not just in terms of, oh, you should employ a copywriter or you should employ a video a videographer, but, but how can like, other industries, you know, um, big industrial sectors, start to work with creative industries in a way that is, is kind of more um, integrated? Um, I think that other industries, are, we're starting to see a little bit of a creep here at Expo North. Um, in that we're seeing more and more industries come into this space. It's only been, I'd say, in the last two years that we have seen hotels, um, we have seen visitor attractions coming into the creative industry space because they are at capacity within their own understanding of how they engage with customers. Um, And they're thinking, well, how do we reframe our thinking in this? And so the creative industries, maybe I'm naive in this thinking, but the creative industries will work with anybody that um, they're dead easy to find, they're dead easy to engage with and talk to. Um, the creative industry is really poor at selling itself. It's great at selling everybody else, but it's really poor at selling itself because the focus is always on where is the story, how do I drive that forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't realise that their own story can be that compelling. Um, but I think for engaging with other sectors, what we're finding is that... Um, if you were to look at a visitor destination, particularly one in the north of Scotland, you know, I, I liken that to the super fan within the music industry who goes out and spends you know, two, three hundred pounds on a vinyl record. Yeah. It happens, but there's not everybody's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's a bit like, you know, how many people are going to spend three, four hundred, two thousand pounds? traveling to the far north of Scotland to go and see a visitor destination. It may be something that's entwined with their past and their personal history. It may be somewhere that they're just completely inspired that they have to go and visit. And we do get our super fans come here, but we can't expect them to come in their millions. We can't accommodate them, but we can take those stories out to the world. We can take those narratives and we can take those visuals out to the world and share that with them. Um, and I think that's where the creative ind- that's where people are realising the creative industries is really good at making that happen. Fantastic. Now, you said uh, we're at Expo North. What's Expo North? Expo North is a creative industries conference. This is me in my comfort zone now. Um, and the conference evolved. It's been going for around about 15 years in one way or another. Previously, it was known as Go North. It was a music industry for- event. And the purpose of that was to showcase um, music talent from this region. 
and get it out into the market, into the international markets, find new routes to market. And slowly over time that has evolved. And in the last, I'd say, seven years or so, we've been slowly moving to this convergence point within the creative industries where we have our music is absolutely still there, but we have craft, fashion and textiles. We have screen, and I mean everything from small phone screen through to cinema screen, Games is within that screen mix, and we also have writing and publishing that sits within that portfolio. Um, design is another element that we're always keeping an eye to because design is all part of that creative experience. I would absolutely fundamentally believe, though, that we have content at our core, and then it's finding that commercialization platform mm-hmm. for that content and finding that way to engage with your audience. That's what Expo North is about. Um, which is a really vague answer, but if we contain <laughs> it, we contain the creativity and it then stifles the direction of travel for the future. It does kind of beg the question, though, where are the boundaries? So, so I, I mean, I was speaking to somebody once about the creative industries and they said, which ones aren't? Uh, which is, I think, a really good question. And I mean, I guess it's a, a case of self-identification, but where do you draw the lines? What is in and what is out? Um, it's out if nobody's asked us to do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Self-selection. That's, that's a nice so, answer. Well, um, I mean, on, on your website, you've got a whole list of, of things from advertising and art and antiques through to designer fashion film. There's one I find really interesting here, interactive leisure software. <laughs> <laughs> What's that exactly? Who wrote that? <laughs> um, but also software and computer services, television and radio uh, publishing. So it, it does sort of expand beyond. Yeah, do, yeah. do you think, the, the creative, is there a creative creep that suddenly sort of telecommunications is going to be in there and then uh, manufacturing is going to be in there? Uh, automotive is going to be in the creative industry because it's design? Uh, I think that the creative industries is in every other industry. Yeah. Every other successful industry is engaging with the creative industries. Um, but what I would say is it's less about what these other industries are doing. Um, I fundamentally believe it, is that for the creative industries, it's content. Um, distributors, platforms, they are looking, you know, they're slightly different. I'm always interested in who's generating intellectual property and where are they taking that intellectual property? What intellectual property assets do they have? How can we get that keeping going? And it's about keeping those stories moving keeping those stories engaging and evolving and relevant. That's where the creative industry sits for me. We can wrap it up in all sorts of other industries' uh, names. We can wrap it up in all sorts of different definitions. But fundamentally, I think that what sits at the core of all of this and has for thousands of years is stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Stories influence the direction of travel for um, human nature, our economies, our politics, everything because that was going to be stories. my next question why why are stories important but you, you think it's because stories drive everything else is it stories how we're wired drive decision making you know when you find a story that you engage with when you find a story that resonates with your value sets as an individual mm-hmm. then you will migrate in that direction um, sometimes where your value sets um, are almost aligned Sometimes you can see a little bit of a nudge coming through on that, and you can you, you see people in, evolving in their own value sets and their own thinking, and that's very clever creative industry strategies if somebody's deliberately trying to do that. Um, but I do believe it, that you know, stories at the core, and we can call it anything we want going forward, anything we have in the past, 
fundamentally people are telling stories, be that through word of mouth, through film and television, through the shape of your glass bottle that you put your gin in. Right. Um, you know, the, there's, there's great games that you can play where you can, and you will understand this. You look at the shape of a bottle of whiskey and you know what that whiskey is without looking at the label, without smelling the product that sits within that. You know what it means. <laughs> you know what it means. Yeah. And that is, it's just a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a green bottle, a brown bottle, a clear, but it's just a bottle. But there's been a story that's been slowly told over time that's coming through on that. Mm. Mm. Okay, so what's your story? Where does it begin for you? How do you become the person who is sort of uh, driving these things in this place? Well, t- tell me about <laughs> tell me about the young Jenny. What's she doing? Reading books um, or, or making things? The young Jenny was usually curled up in a corner, hidden away with a stack of books. That was me. Um, just all sorts of books. Not very good with the um, you know, classical literatures. Didn't really do them. But, you know, Robert Heinlein, Piers Anthony, uh, Philip K. Dick. Then there's all of the old TV shows. And, you know, I grew up in an area where the BBC was king. There was nothing else. Channel 4 hadn't come along even by that point. That's how old I am. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the beauty of that meant is that you had film coming through on the television. And it was everything from um, Harold Lloyd and Charlie Chaplin and... You know, all of these old, old films would come on at 6pm in the evening and you would sit and watch them because it was better than watching the news as a kid. Mm. Um, and then as time moves on, you, you know, I film. And I, I'm just a constant consumer of stories and, you, and that's where my passion comes from. I was originally a librarian so, and I think that's where my belief is I know nothing but I can pretty much know where to find it. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, the more you know, the more you realise you don't know in this life. But it was working with creative businesses with Highlands Islands Enterprise. That's really where I found that I wanted to grow. That's where I felt I could make a difference. Even if it was something really, really small and not much that I was doing, it was making a genuine positive impact for somebody else within the creative industries. And that's what drove me to keep doing more of that. Um, and Expo North was emerging at, at that time, and I kind of fangirled it. It was, I just want to go and we'll keep doing this. I want to keep working in this space. And so there was no prior planning. I just kind of ended up here. And there are days you wake up and go, how did this happen? Right. And do you look back and go, okay, there is actually a narrative thread that runs through these things? I mean, what, what did your parents do, for instance? Did that uh, have any impact? Um, it probably did, actually. My father was in the forces, so I lived all over in you know, random places over the years. You know, it was two years, and then you moved, two years, then you moved. Um, so lived all over, you know, Hong Kong, um, Germany, all sorts of places, um, you know, Ireland. So I was hearing different accents, hearing different stories. I grew up with other stories and other cultures around me. And it is. It's, I think that stories are really the bit that sits at the core of you know, what, what drives me as an individual mm. um, and, the, and the consumption of more stories and hearing more stories. And you know, that's the bit that is really, really compelling. And I guess in a way what you are now is kind of an instrument of policy that uh, you go out and... Uh, and I guess it works both ways, that what you go out and find shapes policy, but also the policy that uh, informs what you do shapes what you take out to, uh, to the different regions. But, um, I mean, how much of that was kind of um, part of the DNA of, of uh, where you were coming up from, this, this idea that it connects with how places are run? Um, 
goodness, when you say policy, that's like an alarm bell to somebody who works in the public sector. Um, but it's kind of along lines of, you know, the, the organisation that I work for and the reason I have worked for them for so long is it was about creating jobs, creating opportunities. Um, it was about growing businesses and social enterprise. So these are organisations where any of the profits go back into their local communities. So those opportunities were the ones that really drove me. I thought, I am making a difference to the place that I live in and I'm choosing to live in this place because I love it. Mm. Um, and I, to be able to directly engage in that way. And I'm also working with very creative individuals, very creative businesses, um, at a time when they're doing something really exciting. And that's a real privilege. I get to work with them when they I want to do something new. I want to do something different. Uh, and I get to work with them at that time. So it's not after everything's in place and I, oh, I've got to keep doing this. I've got to keep doing this for another two years. Or yeah. <laughs> I'm not there at that bit. I'm not there for the hard graft. I'm there for the let's make this happen stage. And right. then I'm moving on to the next let's make this happen stage. So you get to be in permanent startup mode, <laughs> but with other people's thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I described it to you the other day, I think. Um, you know, those around me that work within the Expo North team call me Tigger. Uh, and, and it's a really good description because I bounce through things with very little knowledge, but tons of enthusiasm. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think that having tons of knowledge is necessarily always a good thing because you think, well, this is how you do it. If you know how you do it, you don't question how we might do it differently enough. Um, and I think that that's a strength within the creative industries is filmmakers know how to make films. Um, we have designer makers. They are artisans. They are master craftspeople in their particular creative industry. I am not going to bounce in there and tell them, this is how you need to do it, because that would just be a complete waste of everybody's energy, and I would probably get a bat around the back of the head for it <laughs> occasionally as well. <laughs> as, part of the, as part of the gig joining the dots, saying, oh, you need to talk to this person over here that I was speaking to last week, or you know, and, and bringing people together like Expo North, I guess, is part of that. But is there very much a sort of, right, this is a, this is a region, this is a, a sector, and we need to kind of connect things up a little bit? Oh, absolutely. It's always about joining the dots. Um, it's always about as, asking people, you know, what is it you want to be doing? You know, what direction do you want to go? Who do you want to be speaking to? Who do you think can help you make this happen? You know, what's missing that means you're not doing this now? Um, and that's the bit to it, is constantly joining dots. And it's thinking a little bit outside of the box sometimes. And thinking, well, you're doing this, but I know somebody else who's doing that. And if you two just start talking to each other, then both of you can benefit. They may be that they're serving the same customer base, but they're not competing. They're just looking for people that share those same value sets. So it, it's you know it's the rum when you're coke, <laughs> you know it's that kind of scenario, um, and it's about joining them together. And here at Expo North is great for that. And one of the reasons I completely fell in love with what Expo North the um, conference is, is that you have musicians talking to designer makers and stylists and couturiers and then they go you know the the musicians go i need a stage i need to stand out on stage and you get a designer maker goes i can make that happen yeah and then the designer maker goes i dress them so both of them are winning they're sharing that same audience they're sharing that same media space they're sharing that same marketing budget which could be hee-haw 
So they're doing that um, and they're working together for mutual benefit, but they're, they're never going to compete against each other. Um, we then will find that we have people that are you know, making screen content, but they're looking for the content screen. You know, you've got people going, I want to make TV, I want to make films. What's the story that we're going to tell within that? And so you introduce them to writers, to publishers, and so they're working together in that space. Um, this region is really great for natural history content. It's great for crime content, be that fict or faction. Um, uh, it, it's kind of a strange scenario where Scotland is, you know, th- that dark sense of humour mm-hmm. that runs through things. Um, and so we get these random questions. You go, I know somebody who's doing that. I right. know where that's coming from. Um, and yeah, so it's joining the dots all the time and seeking opportunities. Uh, let's say there's a band from here that does well and goes to London and becomes super popular and stays in London. Is that a win for you or is that a loss? It's not as big a win as I'd want. <laughs> if they go to London, um, I'd like to think that they're eventually going to come back. <laughs> they'll see the light and they'll come back. Or alternatively, they are now our ambassadors. Right. You know, if they are in London, then as soon as they open their mouths, you know that they're not from London. <laughs> you know, they well, give the game that. away, um, but they are our ambassadors. You know, it, it, we can't operate in an isolated bubble. Um, and if we see you know, bands launching from here, that's great. Um, I am really, really happy. Even when people meet at Expo North, they're not from the Highlands but they meet at Expo North, those conversations start, and then business is done. That business may never come back to the Highlands, but they know that that originated by that serendipitous crossing of paths at Expo North. And that means that those conversations continue, that relationship with this region continues, and other opportunities may spin out of that down the line. We can't expect everybody to come here and go, right, I'm only going to do business with people from the Highlands and Islands. That's unrealistic thinking. Um, But if people think, I can come to the Highlands and Islands and do business, Mm -hmm. that's great. There's one thing I have to ask, and it's it's a little off topic, but it's uh, it's interesting to me at least. When when you come here, one of the things I think of first is whiskey, but you get here and it's gin. It's gin Mm -hmm. everywhere. What's what's going on? (laughs) You kind of know the answer to this question. Um, Gin is now, whiskey is patience. Um... I think that we are seeing a real food and drink renaissance going on, and I think that's happening all across the United Kingdom. But for this region particularly, where whiskey is almost in the DNA, even people that don't like the taste, whiskey is in the DNA. Mm. Um, you know, the, the stories that are wrapped around the distilleries, you know, the, the, the drink itself, all of the different elements that are attached to that, the, the names that come through and that. But gin... Um, because you can create gin now, then you can get it out to market now. That's where these gin distilleries are coming through. And some of them are gin and whiskey distilleries in the making. Um, so right, so they're working on the whiskey in the background, but they're, they're putting the gin on, out you know, now. They're, 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 you know, they're putting the battles away, but the businesses are sustainable with the gin. And yet there are other companies, and all they're ever going to do is make gin. Um, or that's what they think for the moment. Sure. <laughs> Um, but I think again it's with the gin it's the, I can see a correlate it's a different story it's, you know, it, they're completely different drinks you know, mm-hmm. they taste different, they look different um, 
but they have different narratives attached to them. But they're both telling these really strong and um, compelling stories from here. And a lot of that is down to the botanicals that they're using, which some of them are very, very unique to this region of Scotland. Um, and you know, some of the stories that they're telling and the, the way that they're wrapping that product up, it's a modern Scotland mm. is what they're particularly looking at, but not losing that sense of place and not losing that sense of how they have reached this place at this time. Is there any point where you're going to be able to look around you and go, right, my work here is done? Never. That's never going to happen. That's like asking the Scots, are you going to run out of stories? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Jenny, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Creative Industries Development Manager for Highlands and Islands Enterprise, Jenny Oliver. And that's the MTF podcast. Now, you can probably tell that I really enjoy talking to people like this. And I'm always interested in more stories, more interesting people doing interesting things in music, creativity, technology, innovation, policy, design, narrative, and, and all sorts more. So if you know anyone I should be talking to that you'd like to hear on the podcast or that you think would be someone I'd really enjoy sitting down and chatting with, feel free to put them in touch or drop me a line to make a suggestion. I'm dubber at musictechfest.net. And of course, feel free to share Share, like, rate, review, and subscribe. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Cheers.